When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Williams and it's a uh, fairly balanced two wins, two defeats, Stop Hammer Time that we've got for you this week. We haven't done one of these for uh, a couple of weeks and given that October is literally full of football matches, we've managed to play four games in the two weeks since we last spoke to you. Uh, those were the Liverpool game, Bournemouth, Silkeborg and Man U. Here to discuss all four of those games are, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello, Jim. Hello. Everything all right? Very good, thank you, yes. And reuniting the OG, the OG lineup of the original Stop Hammer Time in December 2007. It is Pete Ward. Hi, good evening. Good How evening. are you? I'm all right. I can't believe it. it's 15 years. Yes. You, you don't yes. look a day older, Pete. Thank you. <laughs> no, we all look so. We should just put up the uh, the original photograph that was the icon. Yes, yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. If we should find that, yeah, we'll see if Leon can find that picture, if like Paul and Mike have got it. Um, so anyway, so there's four games of football uh, to talk about. Um, the Liverpool game now feels like it was in the dim and distance past, but it's got resonances with the game we just saw at the weekend, given that it was a tight 1-0 defeat uh, away from home. Um, yeah, you know... Um, 
this is a bit of a it feeds into what seems to be a bit of a syndrome now if we look at the games where we feel we were kind of uh, unfairly done by which i would say forest everton liverpool manu games in which we felt we played well and didn't come away with the result we deserved they were all 1-0 defeats and all we really had to do was score a goal <laughs> to ameliorate that loss in some respect. Uh, So, you know, the more that happens, the less it starts being unfortunate and the more it becomes a sort of syndrome. Yeah, awkward statistics, aren't they? It is becoming a bit of a worrying pattern. You can chuck in two missed penalties in those games as well. Um, And a very high corner count from which we now no longer seem to score a goal. Um, You know, having a bit of strength of the team, you know, set pieces, corners especially. Uh, we've had loads. We had 10 at Old Trafford and, yeah. you know, threatened once from one of them, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a worrying trend, isn't it? But it's, where's that, where is it all going wrong like that? Because the, the set piece statistics for the last two years have been really fabulous for us and have been probably the difference. Um, difficult to difficult to know. I mean, the delivery yeah. uh, the delivery's been really poor. I think um, when Fornells came on uh, against Man U, he put over a couple of good corners that sort of hit the right bit of air for people un- other than the opposing team's goalkeeper or central defenders to get a hold of it. Uh, but the, the corners coming in from both Cresswell and Bowen have been pretty poor this season. Lowe's just straight into the hands of the keeper. Hmm. You have to give credit. I mean, you know, it's modern Premier League managers and coaches and whatever do analyse, you know, what other teams do. And, and, and there's a degree to which... That, that teams are defending them better against us, I think. Um, yeah, possibly. But yeah, um, not you know, not getting the the ball far past the first man. That's happening a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even not even all the way over the penalty, not even right across the penalty area. Just get. Yeah. I think probably you're right that we we have been studied and we have been sussed out quite a bit. Um, uh, and therefore, you think they'd try and reinvent themselves in some way, come up with a different threat. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know, we we, we go into it with a sort of fifty fifty chance because we're sort of sending quite tall blokes up for them. You know, there are there are a couple of times when a set piece happened. I think at the weekend Manchester United, uh, against Manchester United, Jim, where where I think you said you know we should send a couple more tall guys up for this. But on the whole, you know, one of our central defenders will be up there, and if he's playing Skamakas up there, and you know, Antonio who gets a good spring you know, is often up there, uh, not uh, not the two of them at the same time, which we may come on to uh, a bit later. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. but also it's just the, um, you know, the, 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 the lack of a, a single goal to turn a defeat into a draw, um, you know, is not a kind of simple problem because we are getting lots of shots. You know, yeah. it's sort of Moyes in a way, as he often is, is sort of scapegoated for a lot of these kind of, you know, so, so-called sort of bad performances where we don't score a goal. But, you know, Bournemouth, which you and I went to, Pete, you know, that had 14 corners, but it also had 20 shots, yeah. five of which were on target. 
Last game against Silkeborg, I think we had 20-odd shots, didn't we? Yeah, we had Silkeborg, we had 15 shots, five on target. Um, um, And you were a little bit better. We had 13 shots, five on target. But, um, you know, so so there's not much more David Moyes can do than create a situation where you have 25 shots in one game. It's not... uh, it's, It's then... It's then up to the person taking the shot to get it inside the three white sticks. Yeah, you'll be all right. I mean, the statistics are good. I think if you get into sort of 15 to 25 shots a game, you should be guaranteed at least one goal. Yeah, you'd um, think so. And that's just not happening. I, mean, I think there's a, we've had an element of bad luck, but generally we just don't seem to be clinical enough in that area. I, mean, I can remember... Against, I think it was against Bournemouth, but uh, four nails or against Simple, he created a golden opportunity for himself and <coughs> screwed yeah. it wide. Yeah. And I think that that's happening. That's that's a pattern that's quite worrying: is that they create the opportunity for themselves, and they clear shot on target, a, 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 a easier to score than to miss situation, yeah. and we're missing them. Yes, yeah. I mean, is yes, it's less worrying though, isn't it, than if you weren't. Um, Creating chances. I remember years ago watching on the t- you know interview with Alvin Martin, who made the point because uh, West Ham were going through a sort of kind of sticky patch in terms of results, but were creating chances. And he made the point you you know they they, they you worry more if if you're not actually getting into a position to score goals. We are. We just need to be more need to be more clinical. Um, yeah, there's a I bit of final ball. Like, so, so sorry. sorry, there's a bit of final ball itis and a bit of sort yeah, of shot itis, isn't there? I yeah. mean, we, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. to focus on the Liverpool game uh, a bit more granularly, uh, we had a Bowen penalty miss. Um, interesting, because I think it was sort of thrown into relief that miss by Ben Rama's uh, in the next game against Bournemouth, because Ben Rama fucking wellied that. Uh, really came off his foot like shit off a shovel. Uh, whereas, whereas Bowens was a sort of placed quite well, but just hit slightly too soft. Yeah, yeah. It's a problem, is it? We have two accomplished penalty takers in <clears throat> in Ben Rama on that evidence and Lanzini, definitely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Neither of whom, of course, are guaranteed starters. Starters. Yeah. You know, uh, we do need to settle on. We've missed quite a lot in the last. Season or two, haven't we? Uh, um, uh, Rice seems pretty poor, as mm-hmm. to say, considering you know how good he is at most other things that a footballer does. So um, you know, it's, it's things like that, isn't it? The set pieces finding. But I would say the most worrying trend, and I didn't. I've got to admit, I was in Germany and uh, only managed to watch the second half of the Liverpool game on someone's phone in a pub. Um, but. Uh, there does seem to be a trend of starting slowly, not getting yeah. on the front foot in first halves and having to chase games and playing better in the second half. And that that I feel is is a is a trend that's been with the team for some time. Not just in those one nil, those narrow defeats, but even sometimes in games that we um, we, we win. You know that we seem to just crank yeah. it up in the second half. I think in the, uh, you know, even in those two good years, the sixth place finish and the seventh place finish, we were doing that, starting quite badly. And it felt like he had a word with them at half time, and uh, we played better. Um, I don't know. You know, we came out of the blocks pretty well, I thought, uh, up at United. 
Um, mm. But yeah, we had anyway. But you know, but yeah, Bowen. I, I think Bowen takes a good penalty. I just I don't know if he, you know, the occasion got to him or uh, you know. Great was, save. I think it was, it was a good really save, wasn't it? It was saved rather yes. than missed. Yeah. 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 But but it was I you know if he had hit that harder you know it, it, it was a good save but if I think he you know just you know if he'd hit it harder I think it would have gone in you know uh, because because of physics uh, but I think he takes a good guy I don't know whether the sort of a, uh, occasion got to him or you know we were talking about uh, De Canio's penalty at the cop end in uh, our two one defeat I think. Yeah, I think we lost it. Yeah, I think we lost that day. Yeah. But he 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 did one of those Penenka sort of chips in front of the cop. You know, I, I um, you know, because we were saying, I think there is, yeah, you know, Ben Rama smashes his home with confidence. I think it is different taking one in front of the cop in a situation in in you know when you're one nil down at Liverpool. Um, you know, so I wonder whether he would have smashed it so confidently if if he were in that context. But but yeah, Canio just just had. Balls of steel, didn't he? I mean, it was I, fantastic. It, I mean, he did it, it, it. You know, we were talking about it uh, on the way up to Manchester, Jim, weren't we? It's like yeah. Canio did that, not despite it being at the cop end in front of a kind no, of, because. Front, but because it was the cop yes. end with a huge ravenous Liverpool crowd, absolutely, uh, screaming absolutely. dogs abuse yeah. at him. He did yeah. it because of that. It was fantastic. You know, Ben Rama in the Liverpool game had, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't an easy show. It wasn't harder to, you know, harder to score than it than this than it was to score. Um, but you know, he's a top flight footballer and could maybe have done a bit better with it. It came up high. You know, he he was he, his contact with it was sort of a waist height. He had to sort of jump a bit to to do it. But you'd want him to, you know, you just want him to be if he's a if he's a forward player in a top six club. If we want to be a top six club, it's just got to put that away. And then uh, Milner's tackle very late on on Suchek was, I mean. It was inspired that tackle from the fifty-three-year-old Milner because because you know Suchek was going to make the connection. I don't think Suchek particularly screwed that up. It's just Milner dived in out of nowhere and stuck a foot away. And um, that was yeah. the, that Liverpool game was the third was the start of the uh, midfield experiment that uh, Moyes has insisted to stick with for a few games with Downs playing with Rice and Suchet. Yeah. yeah. With Downs playing in this pushed up into a number 10 role, which I think now has kind of run its course and uh, it's quite clear that's not a good lineup. Downs should play with Rice or with Suchet, not in a three. I think it's not. It's just not work. It doesn't work for us. <coughs> He doesn't look comfortable there at all, Downs. And we've already seen he's a very capable player um, if he's played in the right position. Well, we'll probably um, maybe go into that with the United game because I think it was sort of apparent with the United. Yeah, but that's where it started the experiment. Aketa yeah. was out. He played Downs instead of the obvious thing would be to yeah. play on the four front foot more with four nails or Ben Rama or Lanzini a number ten role, and and I think the. I think one of the big problems we, one of the issues that we've sort of faced at the moment is Moyes is still very risk averse when he's got the options to uh, be more positive, I think, a bit more on the front foot, more attacking. 
Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the two of those games in which he played that that set of players were against Liverpool and Manchester United. I think that part, partly that's in his thinking. Um, but also, you know, two of the two of those three midfielders, it's not like he, it's not like down Suchek Rice is a sort of midfield composed of David Batty, Gareth Barry, and you know, another meat and potatoes defensive midfielder. Rice, you know, is starting to build a reputation for being someone who likes to kind of run at defenses. And Suchek, as we know, scores goals sometimes. So so, you know, I think the feeling was there that they're not going to those three are not going to just sort of screen the back four. Um, I think, you know, I think you're right. It, uh, and it's sort of the United game, you know, we, we, we thought perhaps a different lineup would have uh, helped there. Yeah. Maybe we'll come on. Yeah. Maybe we'll come on to that I, when we talk about the United game. I think Pete's point, which I'm minded to agree with, is that, is that, um, Downs is being played in a, in, a, in the more advanced position of those three, uh, and he's less well suited to that in terms of his, uh, you know, attributes, particularly his passing attributes, than a Fornals or a, or a Lanzini. And I, I I I tend to agree with that. Really, I think I think um, I, I really like what I've seen of Downs so far. I think you know a couple of his performances in Europe have been really rice like and you know mm. outstanding. And he clearly does seem to have the, the the potential to be the long-term rice replacement, which is obviously what he's been brought in to, to be, I, I suspect. Um, but it just felt, yeah, it just it, it feels that you're kind of limiting your attacking options by mm. by playing him him there. I mean, you know, it might have made more sense to sort of for Suchek to be the more advanced of the three given, you know, yeah. they, you know when it, you know um, sometimes sometimes the 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 way a team is laying out on a on sky's website or the bbc's website is not actually how it's intended to be played those 11 players apart from the goalkeeper are not necessarily in the positions that the dots are on the thing and i i you know when it when he first started doing it i kind of thought well they're sort of three across the middle but but certainly against united down seemed to be sort of standing in front of the other two. And I wondered whether that was because he wanted to close the defence and the keeper down. And uh, Downs has got a very good engine. And sometimes, you know, some closing down takes a lot of energy. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's you, you know, you have to have a good engine to keep closing defenders and a goalkeeper down. And maybe that was his thinking, uh, because we sort of saw that at Man U. He was trying to close space down for De Gea to play out to his <coughs> um, central defenders. Except I'd argue you get that from Fornaus, who, who has uh, huge energy, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I guess we we'll... a bit more creatively, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but yes, that was, you know, it was another in a, in a run of these sort of tight, one nil defeats away, and uh, you know it was a shame because Liverpool are sort of quite vulnerable this season. You know they're uh, they got beat at the weekend, I think, didn't they? Well, yeah. they've lost twice since then to yeah. Forest. Forest and Leeds. Yeah. yeah. So you know it, it's really it felt like a it, you know that these these games are feeling like missed opportunities one way or another, aren't they? Because yeah, Liverpool absolutely. Yeah. are not full of confidence. They're not the kind of um, awesome opposition that they were. A couple of seasons ago, 
Um, and, uh, you know, in, in the end, as we'll probably come and discuss in more detail, but man, you felt like they were in the second half, especially really there for the taking to me. I yeah. They, they were tame and disappointing. And yeah, um, same with Liverpool, and even though it probably wasn't won it. Even yeah, though it wasn't a tight one nil, it was still a one goal margin. Chelsea as well. Well, you know, three teams that well, yes. three teams that we could have come away with something from those games, and we didn't. You know, it was like we they're games in which we've been heroic failures, but unfortunately, you don't get any points for that. Did you no, see and that me? and that will have to change. But you've got to hope that it will. I mean, uh, you know, we had a couple of terrible. VAR calls at the Chelsea game. Yeah, and yeah. Since then, we've had a couple go in our favour. We might obviously yeah. talk about the, the yeah. handball. Sorry, Pete, what were you about to say? No, actually, no, it's nothing. I think Jim's, Jim's might as well carry on with the VAR. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about that sort of after we played the game, didn't we? So then, so then we won against Bournemouth, which was, you know, it was a sort of game we had to win, and we did. And uh, I think in the sort of in the podcast before that game came up, I think we all felt that you know it was a must-win, and that we probably would, and we did. And um, you know, slightly jammily, even though we were the sort yeah. of it, it was a kind of undeserved win by a team that clearly deserved to win. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, had yeah. more, we had more possession, we had more possession, more shots, more corners. We had more of absolutely everything than Bournemouth had in that game and absolutely deserved to come out winners. Nevertheless, we were still lucky to win it. We had yeah, a clear hand. It was another sort of laboured victory. Yeah. You know, it was a bit against Silberg, you know, it was only 1-0. Yeah, but well, I mean, the stats, it was, it was like a training game, wasn't it? Especially once we, we went one nil up. Yeah. But no, I agree about Bournemouth. It was, you know, on 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 every, you know, uh, criteria, we obviously deserved to win to win the game, and and and, and you know, kept the ball well for long periods of time, and you know, dominated most of it, apart from their little spell, you know, fifteen minutes from the end when we got a bit edgy because we hadn't got the second goal. Um, but the actual manner of the two goals, I, you know, if you uh, if they'd gone against you, you would feel a little bit knocked off, really, wouldn't you? I mean, I, yeah, less I, so I, the I was, second, I was but, but, but by the Kara one, I was absolutely so, astonished by that decision. It's a clear handball, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, totally. Well, but I mean, technically, technically, it was second phase, and a Bournemouth defender did head the ball after. That's why. That's, that's why it was. Room. That's why the goal was run. That's why technically it was. But I think they actually interpreted it, it's to to use the old terminology. It was hand to ball. Yeah. He goes to. I mean, admittedly, okay, he might not have expected the ball to come to him, but he then almost. Uh, I think you said almost like kind of volleyball assists it <laughs> forward. I mean, he definitely moves his arm to make contact with the ball. Well, yeah, he realizes it was deliberate. It was deliberate, you know. It was so obviously clear. One of the problems is is the tinkering with the handball rules. Yeah, it's a mess. Over the last few years, I mean, it just changes every season because it's a total mess. I mean, if you handle the ball in the area and you're a defender for any reason, I mean, unless it is completely accidental, like blasted at you, if your hands in in an unnatural position, it's got to be a penalty. Well, no, I, it doesn't I, think, I, mean, I, think, I think my, you know, my interpretation of a kind of unnatural position, I don't know, I don't quite know what that means because we are natural animals and so everywhere we put our fucking hands is natural. But um, 
Well, what I um, take it to mean, what I take it to mean is, I think if your if if your hand didn't stop the ball, but your body would anyway. Somewhere for me, that's kind of not handball, and that also sort of slightly dove, dovetails with the kind of ball to hand argument, which is win the ball. But, yeah. Kicked at someone from you know a meter, they just don't yeah. have the chance well, to get out of the way. So it always rebounds off of another part of your body into yeah, yeah. and doesn't necessarily uh, look like it would have stopped a, a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, that, that is not handball. That's accidental. Yeah, we had one like that with Cresswell, didn't we, earlier this season? I can't remember the match, but it hit him on the leg and bounced up and hit him on the arm, yeah. and that was not given as a penalty, which yeah. was the right call, you know. I think I think they've got slightly better generally, and and uh, but it's still a mess. And I I agree with you, Phil. I think bringing in that unnatural position thing was the first. That was the thing that really started to bugger the whole thing up because <clears throat> how it, that's a much more that doesn't clarify that's a more difficult thing to define than did he deliberately handle the ball or did it accidentally hit his hand that's that's still obviously a massive gray area and open to interpretation but it's a lot more clear cut you know did is is the attempt to, is the is the contact with the ball a deliberate attempt to uh, to stop the path of the ball or control the ball that's what handball is I think if you if you go in, uh, so I would I would I would feel um, that they were hard done by with the penalty as well, Bournemouth, because uh, I, I'm not quite sure what he's supposed to do. He's sliding in, um, and the bloke whacks the ball across. I think he was a bit unlucky. Did I, I, they get given? And uh, but I, again, I don't think it, I, I think it, it could easily have not been given that penalty. I think what makes it difficult is that it hits both of his hands. Yes, it hit the other one. You know, it ha he handles it, and then a millisecond later, he handles yeah. it again. And I mean, I think that's it, it's also you know the cross would have gone over. I I also think he I think it. I'd have to see it again, but I think it it wouldn't sort of hit his torso if it didn't hit his hand because yeah, I so think it I think the hand stops the cross going over. Yes, you know, and I think, I mean, it stops the cross going over and it hits both hands. I I think that's just got to be that's just sort of got to be a penalty. And it might, and and like you say, it it would be unlucky, and the defender might be hard done by. I mean, the defender wasn't actually screaming in protest. No, no, I, I think it's one of those ones that sometimes get given, sometimes don't. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I, and it it is, and that 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 one would be open to interpretation, whichever rule you're applying. So the the old the old fashioned rule, you know, you could argue he might, you know, he's put his arm up to deliberately stop the ball getting across. Um, I, you know. In the end, I just feel that was that was that was a kind of one of those 50 50 calls. The Kara one, I, I'm just I still I'm still a marvel that we uh, we got away with that, but there yeah, you go. yeah, very grateful, yeah. Um, but it was you know, I mean, and, and the penalty against Silkborg was actually watching it, back, it was a penalty, it was a penalty. The goalkeeper, oh, well, well yeah, well, well, Antonio well, made a meal of it. He well, did. come on to that because I kind of have a segue uh, for oh, because in the Bournemouth game, um, uh, Skamaka went off and was replaced by Antonio. And we'll talk about the like for like replacement when we come to Manchester United, I imagine. Um, but uh, Antonio proceeded to <coughs> start diving quite a lot in that Bournemouth game when he came on, and I thought, um, 
I thought maybe he is now finally sick of getting nothing out of referees. So he thought I'll, I'll go down. Um, there was a slight, you know, there was a dive that certainly you and I, Pete, we had a bit of a groan when he went down yeah. and tried to win a free kick and the referee just, you know, told him to carry on. And it was like, if he'd stayed on his feet, he might've made something happen. But I think he tried to, you know, I just tried to win a free kick, not in a particularly dangerous position. He could have just carried on playing football. It wasn't as if it was in the penalty area and he could have won a penalty or on the edge of the penalty area and got a free kick. It was in the middle of the fucking pitch and he just went went over to try and win a penalty. And I think it may be, you know, who knows what the psychology is, that he is sick of getting so little out of referees. But it was very ironic because they were sort of all over... Um, uh, Skamaka in the first half, who stayed on his feet and sort of yeah. manfully fought them off. Uh, yeah, he held the ball up really well in that game. I thought yes. brought people into play. You know, I think that's an element of his game that that he's already improving, and 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 an and indication that he is coming to terms with the physicality of the Premier League. You know, in quite an encouraging way, Skamaka. Yeah, he's got, he's got, the cliche is he's got good feet. He has. He has. He's he has. got good feet, but he's got for a big man. For a big man. Good feet for a big man. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Antonio in that Bournemouth uh, cameo in those like fifteen minutes he came on was atrocious. He was very bad. absolutely atrocious. You know, just running around, going to blind corners, and falling over all the time trying to win free kicks. Yeah, but um, equally, you know, against Man United, he was very, very good. So Yeah, yeah he was really good. Um, yeah. But um, moving on to the Silky Ball game, he dives for, I think, officially the Guinness Book of Records' world's softest penalty. I felt ashamed that we got that penalty. That happened right in front I of don't, I don't think you should feel, should feel ashamed. I think that was... The goalkeeper didn't argue at all. He, he did catch him with his leg. Antonio made an enormous deal out of it. Yeah, yeah. He he the had, and the ball had gone, hadn't he? I mean, he wasn't, yeah. getting, wasn't going to get the ball. Uh, uh, there was contact, yes, it's, as they say. And and the other cliche, you know, he's entitled to go down. But he yeah. definitely went yeah. down under his own steam, not the goalkeeper's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I just hate that. I really hate that. Yeah, just, I don't it like turns it. Turns it into a non-contact sport, and it's, it's, it's annoyingly, it's the sort of thing that the kind of idiotic misuse of of uh, the technology of VAR has kind of magnified because it, it, they feel they got to go. Ha ha! Out of hundreds of thousands of pounds we've invested in this technology has proved that there was contact, and we're like. No, we all know there's fucking contact. It's like, was it enough to make the guy go over? Oh, no, it's contact. You can see, you see this, you know, his foot touches his calf here. And you're like, no, we know. We know there was contact. But what we think is that it's the referee should be able to sort of judge if he feels it's enough to warrant the player going down and win a penalty. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I, well, we, how often do we bang on about VAR? It just gets used too much. I mean, it's, it's it's supposed to be there to correct really clear and obvious mistakes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, as you say, if it's a bit of contact, in which case, you know, the referee gave the penalty on the spot, it probably wasn't a mistake in the sense that there was contact. You go with his interpretation. Yeah. Um, it's quite refreshing that there's no VAR. In the oh, I was about to say that. It was really quite uh, enjoyable. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, 
So, yes, yeah, so you know, we made a meal of it, but I think it sort of, because in a sense it was uh, once we had that penalty, it was like a sort of dead rubber. They didn't, they didn't offer a great deal. It was like a training game in a way. And yeah. as yeah. such, it was a very good way to introduce um, Naya Fagerd, who I yes, think was a good game. He looked classy, didn't he? he looked, yeah. Uh, what I liked about him was like every time he's in possession, he's looking to pass the ball forwards. Mm. Yeah. He's not one for this endless sideways, slightly backwards mm. shifting of the ball. He's looking always for a and, and some of the range of his passing is really, really good, like crisp short passes into the path of a midfielder in front of him, sweeping long balls out to the to, to, to the to the wing back. I I I thought he looked, you know, obviously, oh. yeah, you say it was like a training game, but on that evidence, you know, he's 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 classy, really yeah. classy. Like to yeah. see him on the bench, or at least get one more game in before the World Cup. I think he'll probably play. I think he'll play against Blackburn, and he'll he, he might he'll yeah. probably play in the away game in in Bucharest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we should take some time to celebrate how good we've been in Europe this season. Mm. Yeah. In contrast to our travails in the in the league, um, you know, we've we've confidently beaten everything that's been put in front of us, haven't we? Dominated yeah. games. Um, if you include Viborg, we played six games and won them all. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and, and, and never, a, never a doubt about any of them. You know, no. Um, and some really good performances, some really controlled possession football. Um, you know, so uh, I think that's a, that's a that's a big plus. And, and teams quite often, English teams, you know, have struggled in that league. And I think you know Leicester had a bit of an initial um, struggle with it last season. Um, and we know that that Thursday Sunday thing is is difficult, and uh, yeah, I think you know on balance you've got to say um, that has kind of, that kind of tempers one's concerns about about the league because I think it shows that they that they are capable of of, of sticking the ball in the back of the net absolutely you know, yeah. when the chances come. So you've just got to hope that the luck in front of goal will turn a bit, you know. Yeah, no, they've been... And this season we have a big enough squad to cope with the Euro. Yeah, And it's giving players like Coventry and Downs and whatever, you know, a, a, a way in, isn't it? An opportunity to uh, kind of kind of impress and get, and get game time. So it means you can have that squad and keep them all a bit happier. You know, yeah, yeah, Zini, for example, starting in those European games, he's good at that level against that opposition, isn't he? You know, yeah, yeah, he was great. Coventry had a good game against Silkborg. Yeah, it was good. You get some good plaudits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's great for those. Uh, You know, uh, Skamaka was sort of, you know, like eased into the Premier League, you know, glacially slowly and too slowly for some of the supporters that aren't really paying attention to the Conference League because he gets, he sort of played in his, the first game after he arrived in that and I think maybe scored. But, mm. um, you know, he's he's played quite a lot in the Conference League. So um, he's had a whole kind of, you know, four or five games that haven't been in the Premier League in which he's kind of getting game time and sort of practising and sort of getting some confidence building goals, you know, Um so yeah, it's been good. It's you know, it's, it's, you know, look forward to uh, we're playing obviously on Thursday. Uh, that'll be interesting. See what he does with that because, yeah. you know, the loss at Man U, not getting anything out of Man U, sort of puts a bit of pressure on um, 
Palace at the weekend, but uh, you know, we'll see. But it was, it was. Um, it would be, and it's a perfect opportunity to play some younger players and and players who just don't get get so much game time. Maybe yeah. experiment a bit with the with us with the team. You know, yeah, I don't know whether there are any other forwards other than Skamaka and. Uh, Antonio, who in who are coming through, might be. We've sort of loaned that. them out, haven't we? We've loaned o- yeah. o- Oco Flex out to someone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't there a guy? Is that guy playing in the friendlies in pre-season? Yeah. He, um, he looked really good, didn't he? I didn't see any of those pre-season. I'd hope. I'd hope. Well, kind of know what the team. Kind of got a good idea what the team's going to be anyway. Yeah, yeah. He might. I mean, you know, the the sort of dead rubber of that of last season. That was kids, wasn't it? The back four completely. Yes, yeah. we went to that, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. We went to yeah. Baptiste, Alessi. Yeah. Ashby. Yeah. Because there's well, the, some of them have gone. I mean, most of those are out on loan or have gone. Yeah, Longello scored for Birmingham. Yeah, last week, really nice goal. He's on loan, isn't he, at Birmingham? We haven't seen Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, yeah, on loan. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's very encouraging. Yeah, very encouraging. Oh, I think uh, he's good. Yeah. So that just leaves us with the Manchester United game, which we'll talk about after this message. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. So, Jim, you and I drove up to Manchester through <laughs> nearly every climate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the concept of weather is capable of producing. Yes, it was. Uh, yes. We crossed All a bridge of, one day. over molten lava at one point, didn't we? <laughs> then, then we were um, yeah. sucked up into a tornado, like um, like the house in uh, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, landed briefly in Kansas. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we were underwater, weren't we? We saw that evil underwater headquarters, didn't we? <laughs> uh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the car was attacked by frogmen. All of which is a remarkable advert for the versatility of the Vauxhall Corsa. Um, hey. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Petrol, or or is it? Is uh, it well, it's currently petrol, but big news is I'm getting a plug-in electric one very soon. You heard it here first. Big news from <laughs> EV. I've just got to reorganise my shed first, and then and then we'll get that. Get the shed uh, wired wired up to the national grid. Yeah, it's all very exciting over here. It would be great if um, you, you could just drive it in uh, to the shed and it charged up, like when you put a phone on a on its on a cradle. Yeah, like a know. non-plug. So it wasn't a plug-in. It was like a non-plug-in, like kind yeah. of yeah. It just kind of it's charged. A, the one the one problem with that is that the tires are made of rubber, which is a famously <laughs> insulating material. If the tires could be made of some kind of metal or copper or something like that, then you could charge the car through the garage floor. That's um, true. Or have a thing 
they should be like dodgem cars, shouldn't they? You should have the yeah. ceiling of the shed <laughs> wired up. <laughs> like an stick. overhead electric train. Yeah. A little thing yeah. comes down. Pentagon. And then uh, we have to call them travellers now. But a traveller standing on the back, smoking a cigarette and trying <laughs> to get off with the female passenger. In in, in your yeah. case, your wife, Fran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be great. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, we so we went up to that. Um, yeah, we wore our we wore our wonderful kit that looks like um, I think that's the first time. We've I've seen it with the orange shorts as yeah. well as the stain oh, on the lower there. It's the worst. Does it not always have orange shorts. No, no. What, the, what are I the think... shorts normally like then? White. Are they? Yeah, yeah I think it's because Manchester United were wearing white shorts. So yeah, we had to change I, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the... No, it's I think done... when we've seen it, it's been white shorts, white socks, and then the shirt that's got the orange the design, the, the design is for is the the flames of the foundry. Of the yeah. same works. That is the mythology behind that kit. What it in right. fact yeah. looks, what it in Killing. fact looks like is you've knocked uh, a plate of uh, tomato soup in your lap, uh, or someone's puked on you. Yes, yes. I can think I, it's clearly, I'm saying, Jim, this is the worst, worst ever kit we've worn in a sort of third or second kit. Oh, oh, I and I say it's the worst you've said it. kit. In the whole of the Premier League, if not the I, entire league this season. I was about to say, I fucking hate it. And I hate the home kit. And I hate the silly black thing with the stupid little splashy patterns on the on the sleeve. I, 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 I think it's rubbish. I, d- I don't mind I'm the home by kit so, so much, but I think the collar looks a bit, for your playing, that collar looks a bit tight and uncomfortable and big. Sort of chafing around the neck. Dicks would have just ripped it open. Yes, yes, pair of scissors. Uh, I, oh, no. Okay. <clears throat> it's supposed to be some kind of nod back to that kind of book to kit that, you know, you know we wore when, when sort of Trevor Morley and, and yeah. um, uh, Mark Robson and Kevin Keane. And, with the and, sort of three stripes. With the, the three little, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. an it's an echo of that, isn't it? In, you know, it's a sort of retro early 90s kit i didn't mind that kit because we played well in it yeah i did did, well yeah but it had white shorts don't have blue shorts in the home kit it's just not right i agree it's like the season we trotted out and that all claret kit i just knew it was going to be a bad year oh horrendous really got relegated horrendous it should be white shorts and white socks yeah nothing else even the claret socks last season were not quite no we're not no should be white socks. It's, uh, it's... The, the the thing about the uh, the disastrous uh, soup in lap kit is that we've played quite well in it because we played it in, in it in a couple of those European games. I think we've sort of played quite well in that kit. Yeah, that's so true. I have, sort of, I have slightly true. fond associations with that kit, but it, it, uh, with, with the with the orange shorts, it does look absolutely awful. Yeah. It's absolutely awful. It's bad anyway, but yeah, with the orange shorts, it was particularly horrendous. But um. We played very well in the second half of that game. I thought we yes. played well in the first half of that game. I have to say, mm-hmm. I thought we played well for about the first kind of 15 minutes and um, sort of, you know, came out of that spell without having put the ball in the net. And, you know, Manchester United were going to, always going to wake up and remember that they were taking part in a game of football and they did. And then it was quite sort of, 
I, I, I was surprised, even though it was something like they had 53% and we had 47% possession. I thought we had more possession in that game and definitely in the second half. But I thought in the first half, it was pretty even too. Um, the second part of the second half, didn't we have like 10 shots? Second half possession was 50-50. But in the second half and the second half, we were all over them, battering them. Yeah, we were, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, second half was ten shots to seven in our favour, and there and five of ours on target. Of theirs, yeah, two yeah. was so like, yeah. We had well, thirteen. We had thirteen shots in total. Yeah, yeah. that's not bad at old Trevor. No, 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 indeed. I, I thought it was. I, 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 uh, unlike Phil, I thought it was more of a game of two halves, and I felt we were we were a bit on the back foot too much, and we had to, we had to, we had to, we had some spells in the first half. Um, but we had to kind of weather not an early storm, but a bit of a squall. Um, and then we, I, I said to you, I think, well, we are just growing into this just before they, just before they scored. But I, yeah. I, I thought we took time to work our way into that game. And it, and I, it was I, it was quite it was quite end to end. Um, we, you know, when we went up the other end, it looked like we were going to sort of make something happen, but we didn't. Uh, hence, not scoring a goal in the first half. Or in fact, in the second. Um, but Jim, you you at the time sort of said, or you know, sort of you know, half an hour into the first half, said, "I wish we were more adventurous." Yes, stuff because we were going up the other end, and you know, I thought we sort of pressed them well in that game, and I wondered, I you know, I wondered at the time whether that might have been the yeah. thing behind Downs, you know, in that goal was to just send him out with the instructions run around a lot press run yourself into the ground but but you're you're right Jim and it did come down to the um team selection as well we we were we felt that especially with Paqueta missing you know Downs is not the man for man replacement we were like four hours would have been good possibly in Mm. that role yeah I agree um, um, because actually he's played, you know, he's he's got enough of a work rate to be a central midfielder anyway. Definitely. You know, definitely. I know I, I absolutely agree with that. Although, you know, that's not to say Downs played badly. No. I just think he lacks that creativity that, that we could have done with. Um, I agree. I think um, particularly in the second half, we, we, we harried and pressed them well. I mean, a factor was is, is the match fitness of, of an aging Casemiro, isn't he? He absolutely bossed the game in the first mm. half. He's he's been a good signing for them, um, but he faded in the in the, in the second half for them, and that meant that we had that control of uh, of midfield, uh, which he tried to counter because he was bringing on not a, he was bringing on relatively defensive substitutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, um, I, I I you know I I would say. A good example of how we were a bit, a bit negative, I felt, in our thinking several times in the, in the first half an hour or so, we had fairly deep free kicks, not, not you know, not uh, in, in an attacking position, but deepish free kicks that you could have sent Dawson and Zuma forward for, stick it in the mixer, uh, but we didn't. We just played it back to the keeper, kind of, kind of didn't do anything with them. And then in the second half, when we got those three kicks, we were putting we were putting the big men up. You know, we started doing that. And I thought, well, I don't see why you can't do that from 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 the word go. Really, it feels mm. over cautious yeah. um, to me. Yeah. Uh, but there were so many good things about the game, and and the, the you know um, 
I've, I've read so many negative and, and you know angry comments online about it, and and I just I just feel those of us who were at the game, I mean, the away support at the end gave them a massive ovation, didn't they? It was, yeah. You know, did everything but get a result yeah. of the game. You know, you can't. You just have to. You know, didn't stick the ball in that. But the keeper made maybe four really good world class saves save from yeah. Zuma. I thought. Zuma, uh, um, Rice, uh, Rice. Uh, Antonio's long-range effort yes, was good. Over. And Bowen, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maguire sliding in. That was, yeah. you know, Bowen did everything right. Bowen was absolutely shocked that it didn't go yeah. in the net. Yeah. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. Milner's, um, you know, block for the Liverpool goal. Yeah. Um, and in, you know, in the end, when you come away from Old Trafford and De Gea is their best player... Yeah. Um, you know, you know that you've done. We battered them in that second half. I thought, Absolutely. and they had some. It was a great game of football in the second half, and they had uh, a couple of chances as well. Um, but I thought, you know, some positive sounds of it. First half, Kerr at right back was magnificent. I mean, I I, I thought he was superb throughout. I mean, the first half in particular, he was very good. I yeah. thought he was superb. He, he is good. Was, he was, he was super- out for that goal. He was called out. Yeah, he was yeah he really really was, there was a good yeah. piece of. Um, Interplay between is it Dallow, the sort of who's their kind of right winger, and then the ghost of Christian Eriksen, yeah. Um, put a, put a fantastic, um, yeah, it's a good I wonder if he shows or... up on VAR, he probably doesn't show up on VAR. They probably have to have some kind of infrared night camera like in paranormal <laughs> activity. So whoever he plays doesn't show up on VAR. They, they have to employ a medium at Stockley Park. Yeah, yeah. For what, for the team talk at the beginning? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Ronaldo so, missed a couple of men, had some great misses, didn't he? Yes. Terrible yeah. shots, miles yeah. past. Um, yeah. But Ericsson put that ball over fantastically yeah, it was. Rashford's header. And yeah. funnily enough, Rashford's header felt like a tribute to the headed goals that Cristiano Ronaldo scored in, yeah. yeah. in that he got a run up to it. So the sort of the power of the shot came not just from his, you know, his neck muscles, but from the fact that he's flying through the fucking air like a jet, mm. you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, Kara was just caught sort of flat-footed. Flat-footed, ball-watching, body position. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 although you, have, you always have to look at that as a collective thing. I, I felt yeah. it was collectively perhaps a goal you could you could possibly stop but on the other hand it was good it was good play i mean they played very well i mean um, the one two was really good yeah but second half you know zuma was titanic i thought and yeah. and rice was brilliant and yeah you know, they played well. antonio when he came on was was fantastic uh, we felt that when you know we felt the, the the more a more positive substitution when downs went off we could have been again more on the front foot rather than simply saying, well, I'm just going to replace my striker with my other striker. Well, we should yeah, wind back to when Skamaka went off. Skamaka yeah, for yeah. Antonio, you know, I think it should have been downs for Antonio. Skamaka yeah, stays out there, you know, and I think yeah. the fans were felt the same. The fans were sort of crying for it. There was a bit of booing at the substitution, you yeah. know, and... Um, We've seen a game, and we were there, Antonio and Skamaka. Yeah, the maybe the one of the time. European ones, yeah. Yeah. About 15 minutes, I think yeah. it might, yeah. But, but I just felt, you know, you're chasing a game, you're on, you're, 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 you're on top in the game, Try and press home that advantage. Give them more, more to worry about, you know. Because um, 
Antonio definitely came on and sort of bullied that little, you know, leprechaun they've got at, at centre half. Oh, yeah. um, um, and uh, you know, you just you just felt, oh, that's just like it felt Anto- a bit substitutions by numbers, didn't it? Antonio um, uh, had a shower and then went straight to the BBC studio, so yeah. was able to talk about the game that he'd been, he'd been playing in in about two hours previously, and he addressed the Scamacca Antonio thing and said, "I yes, I do think we can work together." It's funny. There's a weird sort of slight, you know, Chinese whispers aspect to the team selection in that Antonio is saying it's kind of difficult to to bring another person. If you play Paqueta, you know, Paqueta uh, and Antonio and Scamacca, he was saying it's possibly a bit unworkable. But Paqueta... I don't know whether in Moyes' mind is has, and it can't be because Moyes is not mad. Paqueta Downs is a like-for-like man replacement, so yeah. now you can't play Downs, Skamaka and Antonio together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd uh, like to see as, as if he is. I'd like to see that, Paqueta, Antonio and Skamaka. Yeah. On the pitch at the same time with Bowen or in Ben I mean, he, he, it's well, a long time since we've, I mean, he, he, there's a sort of break, there was a breakaway goal, wasn't there, that eventually is scored against by, by Bowen, uh, where, where Antonio slams it into the bigger with the, with the hint of handball in Europe. Maybe it was in, against Star Bucharest. I can't remember. But he showed a kind of, you know, a vintage Antonio turn of pace then. But I don't feel I've really seen him sort of sprinting in a couple of years now that he's been converted to a sort of number nine. Yeah. And I wonder if Moyes just doesn't think he's, he's quick enough to, 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 you know, be in the mix up against Ben Rama and Bowen to be a kind of wide attacking player. Uh, yeah. You know, he just doesn't have that anymore. Now that he's reinvented him as a sort of number nine, he sees him as a big solid sort of target man and not a kind of nippy wide player because he was a nippy wide player for most of his early years with us, you know. And so, so to now we don't play with sort of traditional wingers much anymore. Um we play with a kind of, you know, front three and two of them are nominally wide playing in yeah. front of the fullback. He just doesn't see Antonio as one of those anymore. But <laughs> I also wonder if, you know, Antonio works on his sprinting as much in training. Presumably, you know, wing players might do a little bit more sprint training than, yeah. than others, you maybe. know, and maybe he just doesn't anymore. But... Um, Actually, I just, just want to say that... But... What is Paqueta's best position? Because Moyes seems to think he's a number 10, but I believe he plays like deeper for Brazil, uh, for Lyon, wasn't he? Like more like a Nike, whatever a number eight is compared to a 10. A bit bit more of a deep-lying midfielder with yeah. his prowess. And... I don't know, to be honest. I thought he played pretty much that position, sort of advanced midfield for, for Lyon, but I'm not sure, to be honest. I think, you know, Dan Silver, when he was on the podcast, said he sort of wanted to see, felt that if he played a bit deeper, he'd have a bigger influence on the game. Right. You know, we're sort of, I mean, it is, it is, it sort of comes back a little bit to Suchek because Rice is sort of undroppable. 
Uh, and Rice has had some quite poor performances in, especially in first halves this season. But um, you know, it it feels like the the, the potential sort of arrival of Downs and uh, the 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 purchase of Paqueta um, could possibly be solved that conundrum by giving Suchek a rest for a game. Yeah, he seems to be the one player he won't drop. Other than Rice. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But I think Suchek has had a terrible press from the fans. He has. He has. He's a very hard worker. Uh, his defensive work is generally really good. He does a lot of last-minute tackling. That's know, right. Clearing up. His distribution it can be patchy from time yes. to time. I mean, he's not had a great run in front of goal like he had the uh, season before last when he when he first had that first glorious season with his late runs into the box but I don't yeah. I don't think we've been feeding I think one of the issues we also face at the moment we still haven't quite worked out the best way to feed uh, Skamaka I mean he's got very good feet good abilities he's strong and with a player like that you should be feeding him from the wings quickly and we yeah. don't we still haven't been doing that you know, um, for for whatever reason. I mean, a lot of our final ball lightest is is um, is is worrying. You know, we don't we don't necessarily put great crosses in. Jim, you made the point that uh, the kind of um, the cutback from uh, four nows for uh, Bowen's blocked shot blocked by Maguire was the first really incisive yeah. uh, teeing up of a, a final shot we'd seen all all game really. So many, so often we get we get behind teams quite a lot, you know, um, one way or another round the round the left. Either Ben Rama does it with skill or with interplay with Cresswell. We often get behind. You know, Bowen's good at getting him behind. Quite often do it, but then it's very often just a aimless. I'm just going to now whack yeah. this across the the the, yeah. the perm- Whereas that was, I've beaten my man. I've created some space. I look up, and I slide rule pass a chunk yeah. you know which a goal creating pass that was the yeah. first time we did that in the match he picked and that out was really Bowen, that really you know. reinforces my point about you know i i i'm feeling a bit sad that that um four hours in these games is getting the odd quarter of an hour yeah and i, I think he should be you know, if if we haven't got Paqueta, he should be starting in that in that position Maybe. because those near, those are two those are the two aspects those are the two sort of byproducts of our slightly bad start this season, Pete. I completely agree with um, that Suchek's been a bit sort of scapegoated because, you know, he's he's been sort of accused of sort of playing badly and somehow sabotaging the team when the whole team's been playing badly, you know, and it's like oh. it's, he's not in a position to kind of drag the entire team up by its, you know, bootstraps. Um you know, the whole team's been played badly. And I think what, what Sujik is good at, and again, that's agreeing with you, Pete, is that he, when when he's not playing well because the team's not been playing well in a sort of attacking sense, he does just go around tackling. He runs around for 90 minutes, putting tackles in, trying to break their play up, trying to read the game, which he does well. He's very good at cutting stuff out. You know, sometimes a last-ditch tackle in the penalty area is from Suchek. Yeah. Than one of our two central defenders, you know, he's uh, and he's been unfairly scapegoated. And yeah, and the other thing is, it's it, it is unfortunate that Fornells has sort of made way for some of the new yeah. signings because he, you know, Bowen has had a bit of a 
free pass. I think mm. I think Moyes, I've said this before on the podcast, I think so Moyes is conscious of of um how close to the England squad Bowen is and wants him to get in it and sees that as an incentive for Bowen to, yeah, to I agree. play better. I think just to go back to Suchek, I think I saw his stats and they are better than Rice's in terms of interceptions, passing accuracy. Yeah. All, all of those things. I think they're, they're slightly higher than Rice's. Doesn't so I think that's what I would say is why he gets a bad press. Just people, you know, people, it's like now with social media, people just pile on all the time. And, and yeah. you, can tell, you can sense it in the stadium with people moaning, all picking on Suchek. Yeah. But actually, yeah. he's probably yeah. one of the hardest working, most uh, less least profligate players in, in the team. It's why yeah. I like away games so much because you're there amongst committed fans who, yeah. who see with a much more objective eye, I think, you know, yeah. in, in a way, um, what, what's, what's, the, what's there in front of them and, uh, yeah. you know, and are much more, you know, wholehearted and, and uh, uncritical in many ways in, in, in their backing of the team, you know. It's like, like the response, the response the team got on Saturday, I think was great because you, you, you knew they, they poured their souls into that second half and we're, and we're unlucky. And that's yeah. how football goes. That, you know, that's, that's football, isn't it? That's the way mm-hmm. it works sometimes, you know. It's not um, just... It's, I think that was, uh, that was what Antonio... <laughs> that's what they were saying on Match of the Day. That's what Antonio was saying. That's football. Yeah. It is. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's, it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? You know, I'd like to go back to something you said, and I dream of um, an old school... Going back to, I think, some of the most thrilling football we watched at um, Upton Park was um, was in those red nap days when we played three at the back with, with Ferdinand and then yeah. had uh, uh, sort of wing backs, who a revolving sort of uh, a melange of wing backs, which would include people like Sinclair. Sinclair yeah. um, and then MP, Skippy. And Berkovic behind them. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'd, I dream of a team which is Piquetta with, Antonio and Skamaka in front of him. Uh, you know, you're two of your your solid midfielders, a back three of Zuma, Aged, and Kera, and then like Bowen and Corne as wingbacks. I'd, I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah, and when that yeah. when that formation first came along, I sort of <laughs> I remember thinking and I remember saying like your wingbacks have to work unbelievably hard because they've got to be defenders and attackers they've got to be your wingers and they've also got to be your fullbacks and um but when you got someone that could do it and you also realize that the two you know the two non-central central defenders of the three chip in with that in that respect as well David Unsworth in our case was the left of that three at the back wasn't he yeah um you realized that it was okay but it seemed to me it seemed Bloody hell! Well, those guys on the wings have got to—they've got to be defenders and attackers. A nightmare. Um, but it also—it also meant that the person you put in that number ten slot, you know, had a huge responsibility on their shoulders to be a playmaker. And I think that that's—that's that's really good. I think there are footballers that thrive when they see a lot of the ball. You know, if they're just doing an eleventh of the work in that team, you're not getting the best out of them. It's like when we had Di Canio, I think Harry said to everyone, 
give the ball to him. Get the ball to him. And I think it was a bit like that with Berkovic as well. No, he was a hell of a footballer. Get get the ball to Ayal and Ayal will do... Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And he'll do the rest, you know. And um, I think it's sort of... There's almost too fair a distribution of labour among sort of footballers in teams now, especially if they've got someone who's absolutely on fire, you know. Um, But I I like that. It's the days of, you know, the, the 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 whole idea of the pressing, isn't it? You know, Berkovic couldn't press a flower, could he? I mean, no. you know, uh, uh, I can remember times where people would just... We played a cup game up at Man City, which I think we eventually won, but they had that guy, King Cladsey, at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Remember? And do you remember, he scored a goal, and I think he just literally ran ran past Berkovic. <laughs> yeah, that's there, right. Like, I remember like that, one yeah. One of the long John Silvers in the Monty Python football match, you know. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. I, re- I might sort of half stick a foot out and yeah, try yeah, and tackle. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't fit in that aspect of the modern game, really. No, probably not. No, no. Um, anyway, so we've got... Um, I was going to talk about Mark Noble's book uh which is coming out um which i thought we could sort of talk about very briefly uh sort of um ghost written um uh, not by christian erickson <laughs> obviously obviously because he's he's dead so he should he should ghost <laughs> but um uh but he doesn't really know much about mark noble um he'll be able to ghost write his own book his own yeah i was gonna say um that. but ghost written by our good friend uh, jacob steitberg has uh, has written this oh, uh, right, okay. mark noble book I've just ordered it actually, but it'd be be interesting. I, you know, it'll be interesting, or it might not be interesting if there's so much he feels he can't say because he still <laughs> works. Employed by the club, yeah. Sorry, Sorry Pete. He's employed by the club, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so I can't imagine it's going to be uh, particularly insightful. No, it's a shame because he has been through most of the dramatic incidents of the last few years. He's been through two relegations, the mm-hmm. Icelandic collapse, the disastrous managership of several managers. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see what his take is on sort of Kerbishley, Zola, Roda, all those managers. Um, Avram Grant. Avram Grant, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know. um, well, he was, I remember him being critical of Avram Grant in, I don't know if it was just after he'd been sacked or whatever about describing a game I think we were like losing at half time it might have been against Chelsea and, and him going up to him and sort of saying well what do you want me to do about you know Lampard do a drop off or do I kind of you know and mm. um, Grant's answer was well you'll just have to work that out for yourself on the pitch yeah that was, yeah. That was his reply you know uh, um, so I think he has been critical at times of people and and, the, and whatever in the past, is he? He was critical of the Diangano. Um, yes, yeah. I think he. I think it might have been Pellegrini, where Pellegrini would just have training games all day, and like there was one game that sort of reached seven nil, and Noble just turned around and just shouted, "What the fuck are we doing here?" <laughs> you know, because it wasn't. They were just you know they they weren't working on any particular skills and stuff. They were just playing football, which they do mm-hmm. for a living anyway. You know, and yeah. it, this just pointless game of one team in fluorescent bibs and one without reached about seven nil, and Noble just stopped playing and went, "What are we fucking doing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's just one, one thing I wanted to sort of talk about actually tonight. We, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Is what's the impact going to be? 
on our uh, after the World Cup when we have to start up again after six weeks. Yeah. And only about four or five players being away. With, with as essentially, it's going to be like uh, a, a start of a season again for most. This is a dilemma for all the Premier League clubs. So, I mean, all teams throughout Europe who, who have had to stop this season. Um, and I think it may end up with quite a weird second half of the season because there's going to yeah. be 22, 23 games have to be played in five months. Yeah. Uh, and all the other commitments, the other cups and things. Uh, and I sort of just wanted, I wanted to sort of cogitate on what, what impact it might have on us uh, given that we're still trying to integrate Paqueta, he's trying to get up to speed with way, what, what, what we do. Edward, we're not going to see much of until after the World Cup. No. Um, you know, and Corne, we haven't seen a lot of. No, uh, no. Through injury and stuff. I mean, it could be an advantage for us in that we might be able to, the, the players who go to the World Cup might come back super energised or probably really fucking tired. Yeah, yeah. Um, which would affect a lot of teams. I mean, teams like City and Chelsea, yeah, uh, Tottenham uh, and United and Liverpool are going to lose a lot of players, the cause of their squad. I mean, I, I believe we're planning on playing quite a few friendlies in those six weeks to, to keep the rest of the squad uh, fit and, and working and working on tactics. But yeah, the teams are going to lose 10 or 12 of their players or maybe the entire first team, like City, for example, to the World Cup. I wonder what kind of impact that's going to have on them come January. Yeah, I wonder. You know, wonder. it could. You know, the way the seasons, the trajectory of the, the, the season is this year is like Arsenal and Man City look like they're going to run away in a battle for the title. Liverpool are going to struggle to get in the top four, possibly. Man United, Tottenham, uh, you know, are a little bit uh, wavering, and Chelsea as well. Uh, whether it's going to be advantage for Liverpool to have that break to, to draw breath and start again and start again in earnest and or will it affect Arsenal and their, and their, all their momentum that they're yeah. building up now it's yeah. very frustrating it's very frustrating that end, you know yeah. what what could it be for us it could be a good thing no, it's very it frustrating that no... our, very frustrating that our first game back is at the Emirates Arsenal. against Arsenal because we will lose that narrowly one nil because we Isn't just no matter I think it's at the Emirates, isn't it? I think it's home. Uh, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's. A, I think it's a, I well, the Boxing Day. It's the Boxing Day game, isn't yeah, it? I think that's Arsenal. PM. It's Arsenal at the Emirates, isn't it? It's also some horrendous hour. Where, and it's and there's no public transport. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock kickoff. I mean, yeah. ridiculous. Is it? Uh, are you, are you, uh, I'm, uh, I'm googling now. Uh, I thought it was away at the Emirates. Um. Anyway, we're, they've turned into a real bogey team for us over the years, and it's a sort of a shame that after a you know six week break, we're going to play them because I think we'll probably lose that. Yeah, it's at, it's at Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but eight o'clock kickoff. Yeah, get home. Well, I'll, 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 I'll walk. You can walk. Yeah, well, you live there, there, but that's, that's all right for you. Well, maybe I'll stay overnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stand spare room, or, or maybe I'll just if it's at eight o'clock. They're, they're all. Is it that? It's the kind of they're on Amazon. the day, aren't they? Amazon. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, that 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 is that's annoying, though. That that's well, I, I would say at the moment, if we we're going to play Arsenal on December the twenty sixth, we would be yeah, we would be wouldn't be particularly optimistic. But given those players are coming back from five weeks, yeah, Arsenal are going to lose quite a lot of players. Yeah, it might be a good time. 
Could be, it's, yeah, yeah. They're just a bit of a bogey yeah. team for us. It's just they are, they are. It's um, it's frustrating, but you know, be, might be the time to break that hoodoo. I think mm. it's impossible to predict, isn't it? Uh, and it, it, it's um, as you say. I think, I think, uh, on the face of it, the teams with lots of players going, you know, there's the risk of injuries. That you know, they. But then it's a tournament in which they're training. They're not going to play unless they go right late into the tournament. They're actually going to play that many games, are they, in fact? So I'm not sure it's necessarily going to have a massive impact. It's the continuity of playing together and keeping up momentum is more is more of a, probably more of an issue. And it might be the case that teams, you know, the, the players who go to the World Cup and the squads that have a high number of them, you know, have sharper, more match fit players when they, when they come back. It's very difficult to predict, I think. Um, it's probably we're probably in a decent position in that the core of the first team will be able to train together still and as mm. you say play friendlies or yeah so some uh, friendlies I hope we can go to because it's yeah. going to be better than watching the, a lot of these World Cup games I'm very conflicted about watching the World Cup I think the whole thing is such so horrendous um, you know what sort of time of day will the games be do you think they are ten, they are six hours ahead so I think the games are at ten one no, yeah, 10, 1, 5, and the latest is a 7 p.m. kickoff. I think they're five hours ahead, four hours ahead or something. It's, are, uh, they, are they, you know, over there, are they going to play them in the evenings because it's cooler? <laughs> well, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? They'd be strange in the stadium. So right, right. Yes, it would be strange to have a kind of a World Cup that was all floodlit matches. Wouldn't it? Yeah, it's oh, not. You know, uh, if, if you're in a country that's like a fucking furnace all the time, maybe you've got to. Maybe it's like well, the, white, the, the white ball game. It's going to be interesting the, the um, heat out there, but even with these air conditioned, so called air conditioned stadiums. Uh, I think it's going to be quite, a, uh, that, it's not going to suit anybody. Uh, you know, even no. South American teams. <coughs> it's not going to be that hot in the, November, December, is it? Yes. I mean, obviously, it's super hot in the middle of the summer there. But... No, it's hot. It's hot. It's in the upper 30s. Yeah. It's yeah, really hot, even all... though they moved it to the winter. Because yeah. originally, it was going to be this, this summer just gone. Yeah. And the yeah. temperatures are like 50 degrees. Yeah, that, that's always been a, a, you know, a point you know, against it as the temperature, you know, regardless of the time of year. Um, we should wrap this up, really. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. And the sand. Yeah. Playing on the sandy pitches. So um, we're playing Crystal Palace on uh, Sunday. Uh, I mean, they're going pretty well this season. It's not, you know, it's like... Um, Ooh, I don't know. They're very up and down. They're, lost, they're, they're like every other team who yeah. between 10th and 20th. Have a uh, yeah, yeah, on their day, they, they're, they're a threat, aren't they? they? They've got good attacking players. Mm. They're a bit meat and potatoes in the sort of the, the defensive side of things. But... Yeah. Um, they're a threat. Um, then the games against them tend to be quite tight, don't they? The ones yeah. at our place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so we've possibly got a slightly better record there in the last kind of, you know, yeah, maybe. decade yeah. than we have here. We yeah. sort of, we do quite well there. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so what do we think? 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. Jim? Oh, entertaining 3-2. I'm going to go 2-1, West Ham. Uh, I wanted that. Um, okay, I'll okay, I'll, I'll go four-one West Ham. Oh. When was the last time we scored four? 
Uh, several season. times against kind of Wolves and Leicester. Norwich, in the last Norwich of years. away. Yes, I was there. The I was there with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I think May. Yeah, quite a few times. Quite a yeah. few times in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Not so much recently. No, no, not at all. Well, scoring at all has been the problem. All right. Uh, those are our predictions. This has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me were Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Pete Ward. Good night. Come on, you irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.